Here yeah. we yeah. go <laughs> again. <laughs> what is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and the Pasty Boys. Yep, John and Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm half pasty right now, baby. I'm burnt up on one side. I'll take so. it. The lights are on dim. I yeah. mean, these boys are paced, let me tell you. And boys, today, we are going to recap this past weekend's UFC Fight Night, which was headlined by Josh Emmett versus Ilya Topura. Uh, we will also get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which is headlined by Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. Um, and this fight night has uh, some absolute fire on it, mm-hmm. and it's littered with some really fun fights, some fun fighters. Stick around, find out why. Uh, we're also going to play a new game called On the Call, uh, where I'm going to play some commentator reactions to fight finishes, and these guys have to tell me who won that fight. Finally, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts. But first, boys, how we doing? Episode 139 of the Neon Belly podcast, or as some people are calling it, the number of seconds it took RDA to knock out Benson Henderson episode of the Neon Belly podcast. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. I know Brandon's been waiting for that one. And let me tell you, it's about the pace thing. So, like, if you look at a contrast in this room, I, we need to take a picture. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a million lights on me and the pasty boys over here. We can have no lights on. Yeah. <laughs> go, go back to the 4th of July episode we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one wasn't recorded, though, right? We didn't have video at that yeah. point. Nope. If we did, the fireworks thing would have been. Should have done a picture oh. or something. I mean, I had some lights on these guys, and it was just, like, total whiteout. <laughs> I mean, they just yeah. look like white blobs, so uh, the lights are as dim as they get, um, and yeah, it looks a little better. looks yeah, a little better. Do what you can, man. But uh, we need to get some sun on you guys, for Listen, sure. It doesn't matter. I got enough. <laughs> it doesn't change anything. <laughs> right now, I got enough sun going on, so. <laughs> I don't know how we fix this problem. It's been a problem the whole time, you know? Uh, boys, we have so much to get to, if you can't tell there. Again, I don't know why I keep throwing games in. I told John, it's like <laughs> the inspiration for games just hits me on the weeks when there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, but we think Brandon is a glutton for punishment, but really yeah, it's you. You love the workload. True. But I am starting off this episode with a bit of a gripe. Um, and it's one that I've kind of had before. Um, and believe it or not, it has nothing to do with you two for the first yes. time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night we saw Sadabusi uh, from the PFL pull off a potential knockout of the year candidate, mm-hmm. correct? Um, and mind you, he did this in the PFL, which airs on the e- on ESPN on mm-hmm. their network, um, then today, boys, I am watching Sports Center's <sighs> top ten plays from yesterday, and that knockout was number eight Ooh. on the top ten plays. And, and here's what I want to do: I want to run through what was above it, okay? Just for a little context here, okay? Sadabusi knockout of the year, mixed martial arts potential, potential knockout of the year mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Number seven, boys, was a dad who caught a home run one-handed with his baby in the other arm. Mm. Cute and impressive, but not better than Sadabusi's spinning (laughs) wheel kick knockout to the face. Number six through number four were baseball catches. Yeah. Just good, ground ball, double play, cool. Number three was a U19, under 19, that's what that means, John, U19 MLS game where a kid scored a goal from midfield. Impressive, but the goalie was way off the line. I mean, Mm. he was nowhere near his goal. Like, he chipped him, it happens, it's a good shot. Right. But still not impressive. And number two and number one, also baseball, catches. Mm. Now, again, all impressive done by really high-level athletes. I'm not saying that. I get it. In their own right, they're hard. 
nothing even near what we saw from Sadabusi last night in the PFL. And like the fact that I'm like leading with it just expresses the <laughs> anger that I have towards this from the ESPN. How do you show not show the clip of him saying before the fight, I want a viral knockout for this fight and then show the knockout? That's easily the yeah. num- I mean that's number one that's material an investment for you. Again, from ESPN, <laughs> yeah. this is on. E- he did it on ESPN on Friday night. No better way to showcase that from their own promotion on their own ne- network. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just baffling to me. Americans love baseball, man. Let me just say, I was in B Dubs when it happened, and I was about the only person that like went crazy. Oh, dude, it just rocks my mind. And like, here's the thing: if we take all those baseball players and um, told them to do what Sadabusi did, and then showed Sadabusi how to, I guarantee Sadabusi could make those baseball catches before they could ever pull that kick off that he did. Yeah. Like just the technical ability from something like that. Um dude and again like here's this promotion, right? You just spent a lot of money signing Francis Ngannou, right? Which mm-hmm. we've talked about it at nauseum. You're wanting to do big things. And yet you're burying this viral moment that's all over the internet at mm-hmm. number eight. Yeah. Well, that's not PFL's fault, though, right? No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with the PFL. Mm. This is ESPN, the network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he did this. He did this knockout, yes, in the PFL, but on ESPN, prime time on a Friday yeah. night, and they just buried it. Number well, eight. and maybe if you don't have the biggest also on your on your platform, you put a little bit more stake into PFL. But your move, ESPN, make yeah. it, make this right. Stop, just stop. It's just like it baffles my mind, dude. The technical ability that goes into something like that, and I'm not saying there's not athleticism that goes into some of these catches and stuff that are equally impressive in their own right. Midfield goal. But how many times do you see that how, all the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. How many guys in the world can do that, right? How many times do we see guys that can pull off what Sadabusi did last right. night? Very rare. It's very, very rare. I digress. That's John Ray <laughs> Subfollow. Let the people know so we can talk about it. All right, everybody. Nights. You know we ask you every time. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you can give us five stars. You can leave us a review. It helps us out a lot. We're on social media, Neon Belly Podcast on everything, except for Twitter, which is Neon Belly Pod. Come show us some love. We got some good clips going. Nate's been killing it in the stories with some of the stuff that we had going on. We had some funny moments last week. Probably going to have some this week. So come through, show us some love, and we're going to keep coming with the content. Well, if, if my opening rant is any indication of where I'm at tonight, <laughs> just know. Yeah. Just know. Uh, boys, let's get into it. This past Friday night from Jacksonville, Florida, Florida in our main event, Ilya Tapura defeats Josh Emmett via unanimous decision. And boys, Ilya Tapura is just different gravy. Yeah. I mean... What a masterclass performance here. Went five hard rounds with one of the toughest guys in this division. I mean, he just demolished Josh Emmett. Beat him up really bad. Like, mm-hmm. really bad. There was a 10-7 round, right? We were talking about yeah. crazy. You know, When's the last time we saw a 10-7 round? Nuts. Um, I think many of men uh, wouldn't have still been around even after that second round. But Josh Emmett is no normal human being. No. That has to be said here <laughs> off top. What toughness from that guy. Um, but Ilya proved to not just be the better man tonight. What tonight? Okay, so I guess we should say rare Saturday night episode for <laughs> yeah. us. So we're a little bit more fired up for these fights than normal. Uh-huh. Um, instant reactions here. Um, but man, just proved that not only was he the better man, but that he belongs at the top of this featherweight division. Um, I'm just sitting here.
Connor again, just a couple hours removed from this fight, completely blown away um, by the performance we just saw of Ilya Tapura and the toughness that we saw, saw from Josh Emmett, again, has to be said, but mm-hmm. I don't know you guys' thoughts, but I was just like, couldn't, I was, I mean, I knew, I knew the advantages that he was going to hold technically, especially on the feet, um, but you know, again, it just gives you that like Max Calvin Cater-esque vibes almost. Yeah, I would say not just better, leaps and bounds ahead. Yeah. Like, and that was the, the Emmett was number three coming into this, is that right? Uh, three or four. Three, three or four. Emmett? It's Max or Was he number five? Yeah, Emmett was okay. five. Well, Tapuria was nine, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so regardless, like to come in against the number five guy and put on a performance like that, I mean, just way ahead of the of yeah. the curve with him. Um, completely outstruck him on the ground, completely just ran through him like butter. I mean, was just all around a better mixed martial artist. Agreed. Yeah, I'd seen um, some clips of people comparing some stuff that Canelo does with boxing to what Ilya has been doing, especially with setting up body shots and stuff like that. Yeah. And I I didn't really pay a lot of attention to his boxing because obviously the last fight being Bryce Mitchell, he was very big Don't on just ragdolling him, which just goes to show the you know plethora of skills that he has that right. you can think of that in the same thing. But you really seen that high level attention to boxing that he brought into this. Uh, the jab was just busting him up all sure. night. Um, I mean, and, and he even had some some moments where Emmett was able to get a couple punches through, yeah. and you know he kind of had to reconcentrate, yeah. and he did it every time. Uh, the leg kicks were nasty, um, like you like Brandon had said with the ground game. You know he was doing everything he wanted, anything he wanted to do. Um, just really putting like use the master class of especially of boxing, man. I'm gonna say this. I mean, and like let's just you know another thing. You know, just before we kind of move on a little bit. I think this dude, again, the star power is there. You know, I told you guys, you know, the fact that, like, guys like Sergio Ramos and Fernand Torres, who a a lot of people don't know, but these are global, massive uh, superstars in the soccer world. We're talking tens of millions of followers on social media, and they came all the way to Jacksonville, Florida, just to watch this guy fight, man. I mean, the the star power that Topuria was really the pressure going into it, but is on the cusp of, and then capitalized on it tonight. Again, that can't be understated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say this and I genuinely mean it. I think Ilya Tapura is a legitimate threat to whoever is holding that belt after July 8th, mm-hmm. Alex or Yair. Um, I know again, we're just a few hours removed from this fight. Um, but I mean, does do either of you guys disagree with that? You know, be, and I guess I'll just say, because I think the striking is a problem for both guys, both men, Alex and Geyer, phenomenal strikers themselves. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But Topuria just has a certain class to him. And defensively, he's so sound defensively. The way he was able to roll with some of those shots, you know, the, just the head mm-hmm. movement and the body, the footwork was impressive to me. But we also know, as John mentioned there, Ilya has a very high-level ground game as well that he's shown at times to submit a guy like Bryce Mitchell is nuts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. who, that's what Bryce Mitchell does to other people. Um but then to use that grappling as well into that fifth round when Josh Emmett was still super dangerous and going for it, um, that's really impressive to me in the fifth mm-hmm. round, um, which, you know, to me not only shows a, a higher fight IQ as well to see that, oh, I've got to get this guy down because he's really, he's he knows he's going to lose this mm-hmm. fight, you know, mm-hmm. so to know that he can do that. But then to see him go five hard rounds like that and mm-hmm. still be there and still have the you know, the ability to take him down and control the fight, um, to me, just answered so many questions for Tapiria. And like I said, I just, I think not only top of this division, but whoever's holding that belt after July 8th, I think he's a legitimate threat too. 
So yeah, this, go ahead. this was the first time we saw him go to the championship rounds, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, I mean, he answered a ton of questions tonight, and I think that a lot of people were kind of giving him some knocks as far as the gas tank in this one. Yeah. But to me, it was like, dude, it's the first time he's gone to the championship yeah. rounds. And like you said, he showed that fight IQ at the end, of the, at the, end yeah. of the fight. I mean, to me, that's not a knock at all. I mean, I think it's the first time he was in those waters, and I, to me, he passed with flying colors. Yeah. He's only going to get better from there as far as five-round fights are concerned. Agreed. Yeah, and I think there was a moment in that third round where he seemed to lose a little bit of steam and got a little yes. bit of lazy yeah. with his defense, ate some shots at the end, and then, like I said, recalibrated, recorrected, um, got back to the jab, stopped, stopped letting Emmett, you know, kind of come into sure. him. The only thing I would be interested in was with somebody like Air who uses a lot of kicks. Sure. You know, boxing and kickboxing. That, he uses them really well, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, mean, I just, that's a that's a matchup I would love to see. And then with, with Volk, we know Volk could probably go 100 yeah. rounds if he needed to. So that, I, that becomes interesting as well. And again, I'm not saying that he beats either of those guys. Right, right. I'm just saying he is a legitimate threat to whoever is holding that belt. And with that third round, like you were saying, that third round to me, um, because the first round was, you know, a bit of a filling out. The second round, he was all over him. It could have mm-hmm. finished it there in the second round. I think coming into that third round, to me, what I feel like I saw was kind of what we saw last week with Sarukian and Silva um, is he kind of um, disregarded defensively a little bit there mm-hmm. because he was going so hard to push for the finish. Right. I think he kind of knew Emmett was on the ropes a little bit at the end of that second round. Um, and I felt like remembering, like, he's really going for it here. He wasn't, you know, he had, he did kind of fade from his defense, which I don't think he would do against Yair Volk um, mm-hmm. because he would understand. That the, right. but I just think he knew he was so much better uh, than Emmett. Um, that, that's kind of the vibes I got from that. I think that's mm-hmm. why that third round was a little bit closer yeah. or it did seem like he faded a little bit there towards the end, but I think he made a big push there early in the third round mm-hmm. to try to finish. Another fight, which... I'm- because we don't know what's happening with him, but just seeing that level of boxing, I would love to see him and Max get a chance to fight at some point too, just to see that that boxing. Because sure. I, I think he jumps above Cater now, so I don't yeah. think that's really something that he can look at unless they just don't have anybody else. Sure. But Max would probably be the next best boxer that I would love to see you know, that head-to-head against. But as far as being um, next for a title shot, there's nobody else outside of Max who could even you know make some type of yeah. claim. I got nothing. Well, I just wonder. I was just curious on your thoughts of him, you know, him matching up with Yair and Volk. Oh, yeah. No, I think 100%. Like, he absolutely poses a threat to both those guys. Honestly, I feel like he's a better matchup for Volk than I do Yair. I just think Yair, I, I don't know. I think just to me, the way he. The way he holds his hands, the way he moves as far as he stands, I yeah. feel like he offers a lot for Volk. I just have a feeling the air would give him a few more problems. I think the kicks, the dynamicism that the air brings, and he's got some dynamic grappling as well. Yeah. But I don't know. We're just going to have to see it. Like That's yeah. the other part of it. So now it's exciting because we see what, what Tapira brings at the high, high level. Sure. Um, so we're going to get to see something here soon. It's just a question of what. And we're fairly, like I said, again, I'll, I'll keep reiterating it, only a couple hours removed from the fight, but I did see literally before we started the episode, um, Ilya basically said in his post-fight presser, I wasn't able to see many clips, but the one that I did see is um, he's willing to wait for a title shot. He said he's mm. patient um, and he will wait for it, but he did say a matchup with Max in Spain, Ooh. he would do. So yeah. he was like, if they give me Max in Spain, I'm all over that. If not, he's going to wait for his title shot. So... Again, I and, and and you know as far as like Sergio Ramos, Fernand Torres, two Spanish uh, mm-hmm. soccer players, what we you know footballers, but we call it soccer here. Uh, but two Spanish soccer players, 
that just tells you how massive a fight for Ilya Tapura would be in Spain. To go to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Miami, I get it. I yeah, mean, you're I'm probably sh- there anyways. Yeah, I'm sure they probably stopped off in Miami, but the fact that you drive up <laughs> yeah. to uh, yeah, Jacksonville is just crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm telling you, man, this dude's on the cusp of something huge, and uh, I really am impressed with it. I do want to touch on Josh Emmett a bit because I'm not sure where he goes from here. Mm-hmm. That's now two straight losses for him, granted against top-level uh, opposition in this division. Uh, but, man, look, I'm no fighter, coach, MMA strategist, anything like that. I'm just a 17-year fan with two eyes, right? I've seen a <laughs> lot of fighting. But I was really surprised to see Emmett come in and commit so hard to the stand-up exchanges. Um, I understand the power that could have ended that fight at any point that Josh Emmett possesses. I'm not saying that. I get, I, so I could see initially maybe. Um, but including that fifth round, because he was even in that fifth round, he was still – he was battered, man, but he was still going for it. But, man, I think anyone who's – watched Ilya, uh, knew that he would be able to kind of do exactly what we saw, right? Mm-hmm. And even like, even for like Josh and his coaches, it's like, I don't know how you watch Ilya and don't think, maybe they thought Ilya was going to take him down. Maybe mm-hmm. watching that Bryce fight, they were like, hey, he's going to, I don't know. Um, but I, and I don't, I don't know if it makes, I'm trying to think how to explain this, but um well, maybe they've seen Ilya get hit too. We, yeah. We've seen it happen before, where he gets, you know, has a really rough round and then has to come back from it. Um, I guess I just wonder if, like, maybe Josh Emmett had, because com- we know Josh Emmett has wrestling background, right. right? So it just makes me wonder if he had committed more to his wrestling, could you know we have potentially seen a different outcome? Um, and at 38 years old, that's the other thing too. Um, is this fighting style best for his career now moving forward, right? Because I think we've seen guys who do adjust their styles later in their careers and we've seen resurgences from guys later in their careers. Um, but man, even between rounds, all the advice coming from his corner was keep pushing forward and it was all striking you know, suggestions and how to win it on the feet or try to win it on the feet when they're clearly, he was being outclassed on the feet, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just don't know at what point do you not throw out like a, hey, maybe we go for this. And again, I understand the power argument, but after three rounds of it, like, why aren't you at least well, throwing it out? To me, go back to the Ayer fight. Like you, that, that fight was the same thing. Like you're, like you're throwing heaters, which cool. If you land, they rock them for sure. Cause there were a couple lands right. against Ayer, but for the most part, Ayer controlled all the stand up. Sure. And then when it did hit the ground, even he got submitted. Right. So that makes me wonder if there was a little hesitancy there just because of the submission. And then, Could you be. know, Ilya still has the submission threats of his own. And, but it, regardless, you got to change it up. Cause yeah. like if somebody's able to kind of handle you on the feet, it's, you can't be so one dimensional, at least not at that level. And I think maybe that's what I'm trying to say from josh Emmett is like now we've seen kind of back to back where it's like it's not working mm-hmm. like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the power has worked and it's gotten him to this high level and i think he belongs here don't get me wrong um but it's just like man i think we've got it he's got he's got to start mixing it up a little bit more um and he's athletic like i think he's yeah. got the tools like mm-hmm. when with the few times he was in turtle you saw him hit like some a few grammy rolls yeah. i'm like he's got some like athleticism you know he can probably do quite a few dynamic yeah movements. maybe they were afraid of the uppercut too because Ilya has know. a nasty the uppercut that he throws often sure and you know some of them calf kicks and leg kicks were making him yeah. like touch the ground with his lead hand yeah. like, they were kicking him out from under him so maybe that's yeah, part of it too or maybe they felt like they needed to save the stamina to get to because sure. they thought okay well if we can push him to five rounds maybe we can do better but yeah. if i'm wrestling in between that i might not be able to do it myself because yeah sure. he, he usually does have a pretty tough weight cut i mean i, don't, I remember from the a year yeah. one he looked really rough yeah i don't know man i just i just wonder for a guy like that though it's like again and, and you consider his age it's like that's now two fights in a row, you know, where it's just not really. I just maybe there just needs to be something new, um, 
that just gets introduced into his game in the cage. Because I do think he has the wrestling abilities. Mm -hmm. He's got a wrestling background, but it's like he's just falling in love with the power, and it's like, man, it's just at this higher level we're seeing it now for him is it's not really translating. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Just a thought on that one. But, yeah, I feel like he's in a tough spot now two in a row right so but again nonetheless i'm just completely blown away with Ilya tapura somebody else that i'm blown away with is in our co-main event mace barber <laughs> defeating amanda hibas by second round tko i didn't even mean to hit that one but whatever take it <laughs> take it macy take it uh man what a fight this was mm -hmm. as well i did add this to you know our fight of the year candidates there's only two other on the list i feel like this one deserves it especially for the ladies they need some represented uh representatives in there these ladies are dogs man i just sent that to you guys like just dogs uh yeah. very back and forth fight through the two rounds that we did get but in that second round both ladies just leaking blood right split mm. open um macy barber lands this incredible left head kick that started that phenomenal finishing sweet, uh, sequence and I mean Amanda Hebosh just was not able to recover she was even trying man like right like in true grappler fashion she hits the mat she instantly tries to like grab a leg and <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's just like an autopilot trying to jujitsu man but her you know her body was trying but everything was just off um, but man I have to say um, I really feel as if we have seen Macy Barber elevate herself to another level tonight. I really do. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just blown away by that performance. Yeah, I thought the striking looked, I mean, really, really good compared to the last fight. Um, even was, obviously, you know, Hebus is a very good judo player, so those those hip tosses were there with the headlock, which yeah. here in D.C. And, and Dom, like, joke about how the headlock works for female fighters. Yeah. It is kind of funny that it just is there so much for them. But sure. to be able to get up from those situations and then, like you said, land the head kick, um, and I, did Macy's last fight, didn't she get taken down via that headlock a few times? Mm -hmm. yeah. I know she got taken down, but I don't remember if it was a headlock or not. So yeah, I was I trying to think about that. But regardless, that. That, if it, if that was the case, then that's obviously a drastic improvement to yeah. be able to you know, get up and recover mm -hmm. from that. Just a scramble. Like as soon as they hit the mat, it was like she was instantly trying to get up. You said it last week, though, Nate. You said Macy's just a dog. And yeah. then at that moment, like I was watching on my phone and like she's standing there and just blood pouring on her yeah. face and she's just like dead focused on the yeah. boss. Like, dude, this is exactly who she is. Yeah. Like she just is lives for the those moments yeah dc makes a comment you're tasting blood it tastes like iron it's just yeah. gross <laughs> yeah no just just super blown away um you know again and, and the toughness just like we said with emmett in the last fight the toughness from he boss you love to see it um but this isn't really big for for macy and i said last week as well that i think either lady could win a, at least a title eliminator fight at best mm -hmm. here right um and i think for macy to beat a top 10 opponent in that way, it could be warranted. But the problem is for Macy, the top five to six are really booked up at the moment. So I do believe she's probably at least two fights away from a title shot. Mm -hmm. um, probably needs to win one more, and then hopefully the next one she can get one of those top five opponents. Um, looking at the rankings, that does leave Jennifer Maya, Lauren Murphy, both without opponents that are ranked above her in theory, depending how high she jumps Monday when this episode comes out. Uh, but another one who I think would be an even better test, it's this lady is ranked even a little bit higher, would be Caitlin Chukagian. Mm. Um, I think that's a great matchup. Uh, and Chukagian has proven to be a really tough test for ladies to beat. Um, I don't want to call her a gatekeeper uh, because I still think she's you know capable of competing at the top, but it seems like she's kind of the stand the bearers, you know, like she's the, the, the title gatekeeper. Yeah, she's not exactly. the ranked fighter. To yeah, really. Like you, you got to get her to get to Valentino. Well, now it's Garasso. And, and so. if and if Macy Barber could beat her, I think she would undoubtedly be ready for top three opposition. Mm -hmm. Screw top five. Just throw her in the top three, especially if she looks as impressive as she did. But um, 
Macy's one of those ones, like, she's been around since she was, like, 18, 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. and I feel like now we're finally seeing her start to bring it all together. It's yeah. just really impressive. I think this is what people were expecting when she started coming up, and was like, oh, this yeah. girl is one to watch, and then she had a, a little bit of a slide, but Alpha Male's got her looking really good. Yeah, t- moving to Alpha Male seemed to help a lot. Just out of curiosity, do you guys think the weight class played a role? Ooh, as far as what? Because Rebus came up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came back up. Yeah. I mean, there was she. She struggled to hold her down. I mean, Macy was able to get I, her back, back up, back to the fence pretty easily. I don't see. I, I don't. I think Hebas. I mean, she didn't look like way smaller. I mean, I think she seemed strong enough. Again, Hebas had some really good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. I just. I, I think I'm going to look at Macy a lot different because, like I said, even last week, like I know she's a dog, but dude, like even in some of those clinch situations where, like offensively he boss was kind of had like the the ties you know it seemed like she was more controlling those clinch and then macy would just find this little space of separation and boom big elbow like Mm -hmm. those elbows in the clinch to me uh were so impressive for macy and honestly um i actually kind of had this thought early is the first like maybe minute and a half two minutes i was like oh he boss seems a lot better you know she was Mm -hmm. really peppering macy peppering macy and then macy landed a big elbow um, that split Hebos open, and then Hebos shot for a takedown, or maybe got Macy down, and she popped straight up. And from that point on, like the momentum just shifted. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like Hebos got a little like, oh gosh, that was kind of like my thing, or if Macy was like, okay, I just cracked her, and I just got up from like her A game stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but something seemed to shift there, um, and that's when like really brought that. I thought then it all kind of. I mean, Hebos still had moments, right. which is why I didn't make a point of saying it. But I did like that did stick out to me. It was like. Once she saw blood, literally Macy, it was like it was okay. Let's go. Yeah. Like this is where I want to live. So they, <laughs> they were saying like that's a target now. I, yeah, I see really. I'm just gonna keep punching at the <laughs> really, blood. Really, dude. So. Like it just seemed to turn like turn something, some switch on in her head. Um, and man, she was all gas from there. So great fight, great win. Like I said, I would love to see her and Chukagian, but Jennifer Maya would be a good fight. Lauren Murphy, I don't know if that's where that really stands. You know, I think she's on a couple loss lose streak, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she beats a cha- Caitlin and like you could give her Manon Fior, Tyler Santos. I mean, I don't know who else is up there, but you know, she could fight any of those ladies. And she her. has a storyline with Grosso if sure, you know, if that gets to yeah, that. the rematch, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Boys, the next fight, Brendan Allen defeats Bruno Silva via round one rear naked choke. Uh, get this man some purple shorts, UFC, <laughs> and also Chipotle holler at this man as well while you're at it. Uh, this is now five straight wins for All In Allen. Uh, did get in some trouble early, Oof. I will say. Had to overcome an early storm. He was able to shake off those cobwebs, get the quick finish. Said he wants Izzy next year. I love to hear that. Uh, but said he would fight Jared Cannonier for number one contender. He also, and this was another clip I saw like right before we started, he mentioned Vittori in the presser, Hamzat. Mm-hmm. He said anyone. Um, but my question is, do we really believe Brendan Allen is championship quality right now? Um, because we've kind of talked about what makes the most sense for some of these guys. Um, and Allen definitely didn't factor into that conversation we had right. last week with Jared Cannonier, <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know, it is something to consider because like has this run of form and this win done enough to make you think that you know maybe he should be competing at the top this top of the division um or you know should he disrupt a fight like cannoneer versus hamzat right i mean probably not but right. i don't know what are your guys' thoughts i mean because he's ranked 13 he's probably going to move up a little but 
it's hard because like you don't really know until he gets in front of somebody at that level, right? So like you think yeah. think about Ilya, like when he when he knocked out Ryan Hall, it's like okay, well you just start Ryan Hall, who's sure. kind of a you know a weird jujitsu guy, but here we are today, and he just went out and did what he did to Emmett. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like as much as I can sit here and say, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like as far as sure. who he's beaten up to this point, it's hard to say. I don't know. You get somebody in front of him at that level, maybe he maybe he puts the performance on and he does perform. You know, as far as who's in front of him. He matches that level. Yeah. Well, and, and we've seen it recently. Obviously, there was more storyline to it, but somebody beats Bruno Silva, then they beat Sean Strickland, and you get a title fight. Yeah. But there's also a weird thing about the middleweight division right now is there's two guys ranked that aren't even in the division anymore. Kelvin Gastelum is still ranked, sure. and he's moving down. Alex Pajeda is still number one ranked, and he's moving up. Yeah. So there's going to be some weird shuffling going on. Right. Who knows if Brunson fights after his next one? Like, There's a lot of stuff that can happen sure. that could really push him up, but I do think he's still a fight or two away from even. I mean, I think... What he said about having the skill set to match up well, we've seen him do good with striking. Obviously, his sure. jiu is really high level, so there is something to that, but we have to see that against some of these guys. To, for me, when you have somebody like Izzy who's lapped the division so much. I want to be really clear really quick. Do I think he's ready for Izzy? No. <laughs> yeah. Do I think he could take like maybe a top five, top eight? Yes. Like I want to see that. I want to see him you know, continue to move up the rankings, sure. but yeah, not Izzy yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's getting hard. To, at least it's getting harder to deny, right? I mean... Is that five in a row? It, it's five in a row. and to, I mean, mm-hmm. middleweight is getting really tough, right? Yeah. So, you know, anytime you go on a run like that, it's impressive in the UFC, regardless of where you're at in the, you're at in the rankings. Um, but yeah, I don't really know that it makes sense to disrupt. Like, to me, if Hamza and Cannonier are both willing to fight. You 100% do that yeah. fight next. You know what I mean? Um, I think if you wanted to give him a crack, though, I think you could go ahead and give him a Vittori right now coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. Why not? That makes yeah. some sense. I think you could also give him another like kind of rising contender in Roman Delice. Makes a lot of sense in the rankings. Doesn't have a fight you know, right now, uh, but I don't... Okay. S- huh? No, I'm looking at the rankings. Okay, but yeah, I don't see him like going right into the top five right now, but I do like that he has a goal at least for the next year heading into 2020. Um, he wants that title shot. And I think that's something, there's something to be said there, you know, where he, it can move him a little bit. So Yeah, there's there's some interesting, like I said, there's going to be a lot of stuff getting shook up, especially if we have these guys that are facing unranked guys that are ranked. Who knows if they lose those, if they fall. So sure. he has the opportunity. And on the streak he's on, we've seen guys kind of get a little bit better opportunities when they are on something right. like this. Absolutely. Well, that's all we got for this card. I mean, there was a lot of other stuff. You know, David Onama <sighs> with a great fight. Um, unfortunately, the, the the Justin Taffa and Ooh. Austin Lane inning in that bad eye poke. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, but, man, we've got a lot to get to in this episode as well. So Trevor Peak finally lost. Trevor Peak finally There you go. Uh, moving into the scores. Funny enough, I'm sitting here checking the scores. Brandon, you are going to have to take these back over. I completely forgot to do them. Um, I did give you your one for Barber. Uh, so you have 38. Me and John both went Hebos. Um, do you guys remember your picks for Tapura Emmett? I know I picked Tapura. But I picked I, Emmett third round. Okay. I know I picked, I'm pretty sure I picked Tapura. Okay, so uh, that's interesting because, Brandon, you are just three points back from John. So mm-hmm. Yay. Well, hey, John got zero. So <laughs> you might. Hey, well, that's not a surprise either. Yeah, that's I guess not. that's true. If you said Tapura <laughs> by decision, you guys are tied. I don't remember. I think I said. I think I said decision. I know I just said decision for Macy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and listen. All right. I don't know. So I guess to be continued because I completely spaced to, to update him. <laughs> so I'll take him back over. How about that? Yeah, that works. That works. All right, boys. We are going to, before we get to our picks for next week, we are going to play our game. Uh, so get your boards real quick. Um, this game, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really excited for this one. It's called, oh, I'm just calling it on the call. Um, in this game, I've taken some UFC commentator sound bites from the ending of fights. So this is the end of fight calls. And it is going to be your guys' job to tell me who the fighter is that 
won the fight. Um, the fighter's name has been beeped out, uh, but things like opponent, method of victory, their hometown, etc., have all been left in, and you guys are supposed to use that as your hint, essentially. Exactly. Um, Again, this is one I think is a little too easy. Um, I intentionally stop saying that. I intentionally stop made it. Doing that. It's it's a new game, so I intentionally made it easy because um, I wanted to see. But like I was telling John, um, I think if it works out, though, it could be like one of those tap or cap where there's just unlimited resources to pull from and do mm-hmm. this a lot. So if it works, it's going to be great. Um, and let me see if there's anything else. You said from they're from like the over the past like three years, right? Yes, I did keep them all fairly recent. Again, to try to keep it easy. I think the oldest one is like three years old. Okay. Um, two of them I did like just, I told John I did do like, I just, instead of beeping it out, I reversed the name. So it's like, but I was only able to do it to the two uh, because the rest of them, you could still 100% tell what the name was. <laughs> uh, so it was just the two that that worked for. So the rest of them are beeped out. And moving forward, we will keep it beeped out because uh, it just works out better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, boys, let us get to our first fight ending soundbite and the easiest one of all. But that is not the cloth from which he is cut. I mean, no. that is a dish- oh! still gives me goosebumps of course it's leon rocky (laughs) edwards good job one point for each we tied last game we played right yeah yeah you did we can't do tie there's seven so i tried to make it an odd number at least boys clip number two legs beat up man John, John went to the board about halfway through. <laughs> yeah, you might as well let this clip play out. Do either you need to hear it again or you? Um, no, no, no. All right, Brandon, let's see what you got. Of course, it's Dustin Poirier. Good job. That's crazy. Who'd you well. have the first time? Israel Odyssey. Oh, here's the thing: if you listen to it, it sounds just like how things unfolded in that uh, second fight. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely let these clips play out. Are you guys ready? Clip number three. Honestly. Uh, oh. Play it one more time. No, don't do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I want one more time if that's an option. Yeah, Brandon did get like seven minutes in some of those last week. That right there is how what got it for me. Yeah, Michael Chandler. There it is. The front kick to El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. That was the one that was reversed. This next one's the reverse, and then the rest are beep. Just, just so it doesn't throw you off, I wish I would remember to tell you. Here is our next clip. Number four, three, three. We needed some separation. Frankie moves everything at the same time. Bodies moving, feet moving. Oh, oh my no. goodness! Flying It's Corey Sandhagen, <laughs> the knee over Frankie Edgar. All right, now these last three, I feel like if you guys breeze through these, it's going to be way too easy. I made it way too easy. Mm. These last three, I tried to make it a little harder. Oh! oh that's 
front of that man. You can't play with that dude, that man. That power is different. It's extraordinary. You can't play with this dude, man. Coming hey. to a top five near you shortly, uh, and perhaps the next middleweight title challenger. Ooh, they're both thinking. John's to the board. Brandon is still thinking, though. Brandon is still... Boy, there is some big context clues in there. I'll play it one more time, Brandon. Oh! Challenger. John got it right. Wait, let me change it. Let me change it. All right, all right. John did get it right. Brandon's going back. Oh, if you second guess yourself and you're wrong, it's going to be even worse. <sighs> oh, he's wrong. Oh, no. It's Alex it? Pedata. Oh, I was wrong the first time. When he knocked out Sean Strickland. I you thought mean, big left hand. Well, I didn't I hear he said right hand. No, I didn't hear left until the second play because it goes right into the beep right after uh, left I hand. I almost asked that he say left or right, but I thought that'd be cheating. So No, you can. I mean, it's in there. I left okay. it in there. So yeah. you can always ask if you're not sure. <laughs> What's funny is the beeps, obviously, you know, from music, it's like a cuss word or something like from TV. Yeah, it does so like to have so many extra ones in there. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah. All righty, boys. Two left. John's up by one. Here goes our next one. Oh, that's tight. Whoa! Still undefeated! So oh, my goodness. Mitchell. What do we got? They're both writing. John's right. Brandon's right. It's Ilya Topuria. Probably bad timing on that one, <laughs> seeing how we just talked about it. This next one. It's the last one? This is the last one. I think it separates the boys from the girls. <laughs> Let's see. I'm, I'm really interested here. It's also our shortest. One more time. I got this one. Hmm. If you do this, we're going to tie. If you miss this, we're, we tie, right? That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you can't miss it. Let's see. He's going to miss it. I don't think I'm right. Oh, we got a tie. <laughs> it, John said Damian Maya was Vincente Luque, the mm. only man to submit Tyron Woodley. Mm. That's why I left it so short. All right. it, that's all you needed to hear. If you knew, you knew. Yeah. The Does that mean John's a girl? I'll take that. I mean, you guys are both tied. This is two <laughs> weeks in a row now. Well, if you, um, if you include the Jeopardy. The good thing, yeah, I guess three, that's true. That's every game we've done this year. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is moving forward, I feel like. I can make it a little harder. Yeah. You just never know. With new games, it's hard. Because it's like, in my head, I'm like... I like that one. I didn't think that was going to work too well, but I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, and there's like... It's like I said, it's like tap or cap. There's just so many mm -hmm. fighting and Was calls. it hard to edit that? Uh, It's just... It's not hard. It's just time-consuming. Because yeah. I got to... I have to go to YouTube, rip the audio, upload it onto my computer, into Pro Tools, go in, cut out their names, oh add the gosh, beeps, already, then dude. export it out of um, Pro Tools, and then I... Um, drop it. Uh, I 
uh, cloud, the cloud or the mm-hmm. airdrop it, airdrop it back to my phone to upload it into my soundboard That's on my phone. So much work. It's just so stupid, dude. It's can so you export audio in your video editing? Where's Chase? No, I don't think so, Be- dude. I know, right? It's like because if you could, I've literally, literally since the Gaha open, I've been asking where is Chase every week, and yeah. he just still has never shown up. Nowhere to be found. Boys, let us get to our picks and predictions for this Saturday, July first, from the UFC Apex in Enterprise, Nevada, with a main card start time of 7 p.m. Eastern Standard in our main event and in the middleweight division, boys. Number seven, Sean Strickland versus unranked Abus Magomedov. Um, funny little tidbit, watching the PFL this week, there was a Magomed, Magomed, what was it? Magomed, I think it may have been Magomed Magomedov. No, I think it's a cur. It has like a K at the end. Yeah, I don't even remember. But Ash like could not wrap her head. She was like, "Why would you name your kid half of your last name?" It's like that's just what they do. I don't know. Yeah. But she was like so mad. Talked about it all night. Um, and yes, uh, this fight, boys, was a bit of a head scratcher when it was announced. Um, and Strickland is not only a ranked middleweight, but has faced high level competition, proven to be a higher level himself. Um, and his opponent, Abus, has just one UFC fight, but. Dana White said nobody wants this guy, um, and Strickland, who loves to stay active, was basically told, you either fight this guy or you have to wait for a top five or ten guy to become available because, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, this middleweight divi- division is booked up. I mean, we mm-hmm. just talked about it with Brendan Allen, right? Um, so we get this fight here. Sean Strickland comes into this fight off his unanimous decision victory over Nazardini Mavov back in January. That win did snap a two-fight losing streak as he was coming off back-to-back losses to Alex Pedeta and Jared Cannonier. His opponent, Abus Magomedov, comes into this fight off his UFC debut win over Dustin Stoltz. Stoltzfus, excuse me. <laughs> Abus won that night by first round TKO in just 19 seconds, um, which I think maybe a little bit of where this is coming from, right? They're seeing this Hamzat-esque aura about him early. Um, and I think this matchup is actually very fascinating the more that I feel like we're getting closer to it um, because as fans... Um, and I'll put my hand up too, um, is at times like we kind of cry about the UFC moving some guys along too slow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, that's what needs to happen. But in other cases, I think a fast track is warranted. Remember, it took Hamza Shimaya four fights before we saw him fight Gilbert Burns. Um, he had a very natural and normal normal progression to that fight mm-hmm. but does anyone here think we needed to see him four times to make sure he was ready to compete right. with Gilbert Burns right um, and regardless how you feel about it so much credit to Sean Strickland and, and Abus for taking this fight you know for Strickland this is kind of a lose-lose situation for this mm-hmm. guy right and for Abus not many people find themselves in a five-round main event just two fights into their UFC careers um, but also this is a big test I think this is the, the thing that's kind of getting lost a little bit here is this is a big test for the UFC matchmakers I think right yeah because this is them kind of putting their nuts on the table and saying we know talent when we see it and they clearly seem to see whatever that is in a boost magu made of and i think you know having been through hamza and some of these other guys right that we've seen kind of have these have these faster tracks on an alex Pereira, even though he was booked right mm-hmm. um but seeing some of that I think they know what they're looking for, um, but this is them saying we see it in this guy. So I think that's another aspect of it as well that you have to remember is this is a bit of a test for the UFC matchmakers as well, but uh, just a really, really fascinating matchup, and I'm really interested to hear your guys' picks as well because uh, this was a tough one. This was tough mm-hmm. for me to pick. Really? So Well, okay, so like we've we've seen some of this play out a little bit, right? Like our Sarukian had some unangrained guy. Like we've seen guys yeah. <clears throat> take fights similar to this somewhat recent. Um 
Abus actually has a pretty good record if you go back and look at it. Like he has a pretty di- well in terms of he's twenty five and four. He has a good okay go. Yeah, he has go. a good win. I, I, he uh, Sada Busi. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah it's tough right when you look at some of the guys he's beat because you know a lot of people are like oh the PFL run right and he he did make it to the semifinals but when you look at some of the guys he fought in PFL it wasn't that impressive not the most impressive resumes either and to, and to be fair for um. How do you say it? Sai, Sai, how do you say the guy's name? Sadabu C. Sadabu. They, they fought a fight before that, that same day. Like yeah. That's back when PFL, you had to fight sure. two fights in a row to get and to I, the finals. And I believe it was a middleweight, and Sadabu C is definitely yeah. a, a welterweight as well. But, yes, I mean, that's where it's tough for me. The number looks good, right? Like, right, that's like, what I'm saying. When you think about, like, Habib coming in, mm-hmm. like, nobody's, you know, seeing where Habib landed in his career, nobody's going to question those, like, 25 fights that he came into the UFC. Yeah. Like, regardless if they were complete scrubs or not, we mm-hmm. know the quality of Habib. So, so, yes, it so looks here, good. here's what I'll say. The smart pick is Sean Strickland, just like the smart pick last time sure. was Armand Sarukian. But I need points. I'm in last place. I'm taking a boost. I'm going to take him by third round <sighs> TKO. Okay. I don't understand how Strickland's only a minus one sixty five in this. Um, because it, it, I don't know, I I do see the allure of the quick knockout in the PFL run, but he did get knocked out clean in the finals of that against a guy who's kind of a non factor at this point. Um, that and I don't I don't fully understand them giving them this fight because a lot of those cancellations. Mm-hmm weren't also necessarily like people afraid to fight him. There were like some injury things. I think there was some um, issues setting some fights up, but I just think nobody wants to fight him. And Sean Strickland, they knew was the guy that would fight him. Yeah. This is the way I see Sean Strickland's word. He has a motorcycle to pay for That's what he said. (laughs) Right. I would say if I didn't, if I didn't see like if, if Sean Strickland hadn't been knocked out by Alex Pajeda and then now training with him, I might feel a little bit different about this. But now that he's felt, you know, a big striker's power and knowing some of the mistakes that he's made and even the room he's in now, now you're adding Marvin Vittori into that room that he's in now and stuff. I, I just think that Abus isn't going to be able to show him enough to really throw him off. And now we haven't seen a lot of people, you know, string together the wrestling like Abus maybe could do, but we haven't seen anybody really do that to Sean Strickland at middleweight. So I'm going to run with Sean Strickland here. I'm going to say, I'm going to say decision just because he doesn't really go for power. There's a chance this could go like the Jack Hermanson where, you know, maybe he overwhelms him, but I do think that Sean Strickland is going to be able to just lean on what he does, which is volume punching and high gas tank. Yeah, I just I, what makes it tough for me is is I think Abus has the skill set to beat Sean Strickland, right? Um, what do you mean? Well, he's really big, first off, right? He's bigger. He's got like a couple inches of height on Sean Strickland. He's got a couple inches of reach. I think his reach is just as long, if not longer, than Alex Pededa's was. And we saw that give Strickland a lot of problems, especially for a guy like Strickland who likes to walk guys down, right? Um, I also think Abus's takedown abilities and finishing abilities on the ground um, are actually a big problem for uh, Sean Strickland. And again, when it's one thing to be able to take somebody down, but Abus has shown that he can actually finish there, and he's very um, equipped to finish guys on the ground. Uh, but the thing about Abus's skill set 
is, yes, it's impressive, but we just haven't seen it, as I kind of alluded to there, against the same level that Sean Strickland's fought. Um, and Abus has also been very um, inactive in his career, right? So I wrote this down. If you look at his last four fights, he's had one in 2018, one in 2019, and one in 2020. Um, and then he just made his UFC debut in September of last year. Um, so that's almost been a year even since his last fight. And just for reference, in that same amount of time frame, Sean Strickland has had double the amount of fights with eight. And I believe he's had three just in the last, since Abus's last fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's done it against the best talent in the world, or at least top, better talent, right? Um, and then there's the five-round factor for me. You know, I think the longer this fight goes, it is a stronger advantage for Strickland, you know, We'll see, though. But given his five-round experience, it's hard not to just assume that. Um, and I think Abus's best chance is in the grappling. And this is the part that makes this so hard for me to decide this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Strickland has never been subbed. I just don't know if he's ever faced a grappler as good as Abus. And that's what I'm afraid Amara of. Usman? Has Strickland fought Usman? At welterweight. That's why he, he, he lost. Yeah, but Usman's not a finisher on the ground, though. He's Has, has Usman ever subbed anybody? Um... Yeah, I I just once I get one one fight like when you yeah. first start that arm triangle. I, I literally did not write a winner down because I really just wanted to see what you guys did because <laughs> well, I was gonna. I, here's my you thing. were you were pretty uh pretty hesitant with my uh, abuse pick. Yeah. I'm not hesitant with it because here's how I feel, especially if like you're if you're on the gambling the betting side of this is. This is a good opportunity to get a boost at plus money. And if and if a boost goes out and just runs through Sean Strickland, like let's just say, right? Let's say the hype is real, everything we've seen is real, and he goes out and just runs through Sean Strickland, he's going to be like a minus 500 favorite in his next fight or something. You know what he's I mean? He's plus 140 right now according to right. ESPN. So just so, the, so just yeah. Get off ESPN, John. Just to get those odds, though, like plus money odds, like that's crazy in its own right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's where I'm kind of like, man, I feel like if you're betting, the value is probably there. Like just take the flyer that Sean Strickland's never faced a grappler like a boost. Not wrestler. I get it. Right. But I'm telling you, man, like I've just, and maybe I've, I've watched a lot of a fights and I'm just really impressed, but it's just hard to gauge. Like, I feel like his striking is very similar to what Nazardine could have brought. And that's another thing is I thought, you know, where do I put, you know, a and, but dude, the, the, the ability of, um, a boost and, and just that forward, the way he just came out and just mm-hmm. like ran through Stoltzfus was like crazy. Like, again, mm-hmm. it just gives me shades of Hamza. And like, right. that's just, and then I started thinking, like, you know, what if Hamza fights Sean Strickland? How do we think that fight goes? Well, the problem with that, though, for me is a boost. He did that in that um, finals match in PFL and got hit with a left hand that didn't even look super flush. It, so the the thing about that left hand, yes, he did get caught. It was a nasty left hand, but he kind of just got caught. Um, right, but we just never seen that happen to Hamza, so that's why I can't sure. necessarily put him in that yet. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man, because I'm like, I don't even know if, I don't think Strickland can finish him. No, that's why I went with decision. I, I, I think that, I don't think he throws those type of strikes that put put guys away, but he throws them in a way that he can keep guys off of them and keep hitting them. I'm just going to go where I'm going to put my money, and it's going to be on a boost. Because, again, the whole plus money thing for me is crazy. Like, Because, dude, if he literally goes out and does it, you'll never get plus money on this guy again. Yeah. Ever. You never will. It's, it'll be history. Forget about it, right? Um, because he's probably not going to go. I, I don't know. I don't know, though, man. This is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like this. I'm going to take the flyer on him. I'm going to trust that. 
Maybe the hype is real there. I do like that Sean Strickland went and trained with Alex Pereira. I watched the yeah. YouTube video. The one thing that I really liked as well is he worked on defensive striking. That's why he kind of went. And for a guy that's typically flat-footed and just walks people down and just kind of has this like crazy long, like where he just, you know, mm-hmm. I think if he can throw some defense behind that, that's going to be really impressive. I just have, I just don't think a boost is going to stand with him. Mm. And I just think physically, if he gets his arms around Strickland's waist, who I mean, I don't know. I feel like he can ragdoll him. He's a big guy. He's also got a Kimura finish in his career, so I can't not take him. It's a good point. <laughs> That's super fair. I'll take a boost. What did you say? Third round TKO. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say third round sub. I'll match yeah, you on the round. Yeah. I'm, I think he. Fi- I think if he wins, it's a sub. I probably should have went sub, but I, like you said, he's never been subbed uh, no. as Strickland. So, but has he ever faced somebody? Like, what if? What if everything we've seen is real and it translate? If what we've seen from a boost, well, I mean, he's faced Brendan Allen. Who? Uh, Sean Strickland. Any involved, but and he's faced Jack Hermanson. None of these guys are good grapplers. They're not a. They're not like a boost. No. But who's a boost done that too? Well, that's what I'm saying. Nobody. If everything that we've, that's what I'm saying is, if everything we've seen, that's what makes this so tough. Right. Because if everything we've seen from him translates to a guy like Sean Strickland, forget about it. Right. Like, I'm. I'm just saying this. You're gonna get mad, but you're gonna look silly when you. You know what I mean? Because it's gonna be like, dude, we've seen him do it, and that's what I'm gonna tell you next week, John. Did you, you not watch people? the Dustin Soltzfus fight? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> It's like, but but it's just one of those things. It's it's kind of like what we said. Uh, what was it? The um, uh, the heavyweight, the the Russian guy. Uh, it, yeah, versus Blades, where it's like somebody's gonna look stupid yeah, either way because yeah. you're gonna be like, well, you didn't know he was. Yeah, because Strickland goes out there and jabs his head off. It's like, what well, you idiots? Well, yeah, why didn't you pick why, Strickland? We should have known. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna go where I'm gonna put my money, and it's on mm-hmm. a boost. I think that's just the safest thing. But uh, this fight's interesting, man. You can hate on it all you want, but this is interesting. Yeah. And again, if you hate this fight and you're mad about this fight, don't ever complain about them. Oh, where's Patty's top fifteen? Why are they moving Patty? Like, don't ever complain about it again. Because right. here they are. They're trying to. Fast track somebody that has shown an early flash so never complain like i if you're that guy don't ever complain about it again right. they're doing it they're finally doing it yeah if i mean look, look at real quick look at bo nickel he's fighting trajan gore mm-hmm. he's right. a knockout artist right but is anybody again would you would anybody here raise your hand if you would be upset if they gave bo nickel gilbert burns right would that upset you no why not like why not right yeah mm. brock lesnar got what who Frank Mir in his first UFC fight? Like who cares, man? We just want to see it, <laughs> yeah. right? I was hey, I'm gonna, hey, I want you to clip that for a second for later on What's in the that? episode. Who cares? We just want to see it. That <laughs> yeah. little blurb right that, there. That'll be that'll be in there. I like it. Um, dude, I I wanted to play the glorious music for somebody to win, Brandon, and nobody won. Oh, so yeah, maybe well. next week. Maybe you guys won't tie one of these days, boys. In our co-main event, and I can't wait for this either. In the men's lightweight division, number twelve, Demir Ismagulov versus number fifteen, Grant Dawson. Uh, boys, our prayers have been answered. Demir Ismagulov is bike baby. Uh, Demir announced his retirement January first of this year, citing health problems as his reasoning. But later that month, made a U-turn and said since he had one fight left on his UFC contract, he would go ahead and fight it out and do at least one more fight. Ismagulov's last fight was in December of last year, and he lost to Armand Sarukian by unanimous decision. Um, 
That fight not only ended Ismagulov's perfect UFC record as he was 5-0 and in the promotion, but it also snapped a 19-fight unbeaten streak in his career. Um, and this is no easy fight for the former N1 global champion as he gets set to take on a rising contender in Grant Dawson. Dawson is entering the UFC cage for the first time as a ranked fighter. He is coming off the impressive third-round rear-naked choke over former Olympian Mark O. Madsen back in November. Dawson comes in on 11 fights unbeaten streak in his career he's a perfect 7-0 and in the UFC with one no contest uh the Ricky Glenn was the or no it was a draw he's mm-hmm. got one draw against Ricky Glenn it wasn't a no contest my bad um and I think the toughest thing for me is uh gauging is Magulov's temperature for fighting right you know mm-hmm. he definitely seems to have a foot out the door in some capacity um and for health reasons nonetheless um so my thing is like is this just kind of one more paycheck or maybe a little leveraging for a new contract uh but because either way he's coming in against a killer in Dawson yeah. who wants to be a world champion and has made that known. So, But great fight. I mean, this is A1. Oof. I'm so glad they were able... If they were going to get Demiris Magulov one more time, this is a fun matchup for him. I wanted a Sarukian, but I'll take this. You wanted what? He wanted the... He said he'd come out of yeah, retirement for the, the Sarukian rematch. <laughs> yeah. So, Brandon, who you taking? Um, I'm taking Grant Dawson. So, like you mentioned with Ismagulov, I'm not a fan of, like, layoffs like this scare. It wasn't a massive layoff. It's not like he was out for years or anything. But when guys are half in, half out, whether it's an illness sure. or injury, mm-hmm. I don't like, like, a bunch of weight class changes. So, like, that just makes me a little hesitant with Ismagulov. And Dawson's just been on fire. Like, sure. Especially his, his uh, match against Dawson or I'm sorry, not Dawson, Madsen, sorry, when he fought him. That was really impressive to me to go out there and grapple him the way he did. Um, so I just really like Dawson in this matchup. I think a lot a lot of what I'm le- leaning on is, again, that kind of absence there from Isma Gulov sure. in the half in, half out. But still, Dawson is a surging contender, so I really like him in this matchup. You talk about not wanting to put a winner. Like, hmm. I don't, because cause here's the thing. Grant Dawson's best win is Marco Madsen. Right. You know, and that's very impressive. Yeah. The fights that Demir put up against Guram and Armand Sarukian were the some of the yeah. highest level stuff we've seen in that division sure. to where, you know, if if Demir wins that fight against Sarukian, we talk about him the same way we've been talking sure. about Sarukian, I feel like. I feel like that's yeah. what the skill level is. Yeah, for sure. Um and that's and that's saying that like the wrestling scramble saying that as Demir being such a good striker in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I don't. Is this a one pointer or a three pointer? Three. Oh, okay, I didn't pick rounder method. Oh, what you got? I'll do a Dawson unanimous decision. Okay. I don't feel great about this, but I feel like Demir is just such a dog, man. I feel like he's probably just been fighting people at bars in between. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go <laughs> in Demir. Kazakhstan. Or yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go Demir, and I'm gonna say second round TKO. Alrighty, yeah, I'll keep it pretty easy. I love everything about this fight, as John <laughs> mentioned there. I really think it's a 50-50 matchup. I am going to lean Grant Dawson on this. Um, and it's honestly, if I'm being 100% transparent, it's just more of a feeling than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think without, like Brandon said, the retirement and health concerns that Ismagulov has mentioned, I'd pick Ismagulov for this fight 100%, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 times. Um, but not knowing where his health or mental interest is in fighting right now, I just can't pick him. I can't do it, especially when Dawson's like, hey, I'm here to be a champion, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he's switched teams. He's at top team now. I think he has been for a couple fights, but that's a guy that's motivated, right? Um, Grant Dawson, uh, also, um, he great striking defense. I, mm-hmm. I do, or no, excuse me, great striking. I do worry about the striking defense a little bit. He does get hit a lot, but he mm-hmm. is no slouch on the feet. Um, but I think where he wins this fight or can win this fight is on the ground. We saw that be an issue for Ismagulov against Sarukian. I think Sarukian took him down like seven or eight times. He couldn't finish. 
he couldn't finish, right? Dawson's a finisher, though. But Dawson also isn't as takedown savvy as Sarukian is. Mm -hmm. um, but if he can get Ismagulov down, I think he can control him there. Ismagulov, never been finished. I do think decision is the safer pick that Brandon has. Um, but since Brandon took that, uh, I will say Dawson. Again, if I think he wins and finishes, it's probably by his submission. Uh, so give me Grant Dawson, second round sub. John, what was your pick? I know it was Ismagulov, but... Um. Second round TKO, I believe, is what I said. Uh, yes, I think yep. you're right. That sounds right. Okay. If not, you're going with it. Yeah, I'll take it. Again, boys, I love, love, love this card from top to bottom. So many incredible fights and fighters. Uh, Max Payne Griffin is taking on Michael Morales. For people that don't know, Michael Morales is this young 23-year-old Ecuadorian killer who's a perfect 14-0. and 0, And I'm telling you guys, watch out for this kid. He's a minus 230. Boy. Especially if he can beat a guy like Max Griffin, who's super tough. Mm -hmm. You also got Ishmael Bonfim versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, Ishmael is the guy from a couple, like it was at the Brazil card, yeah, it was right? The Brazil card, him and his brother, I mean, him and his brother, both these crazy knockouts and stuff. I think he, I think Ishmael's on our list for knockout of the year. Then another fight I love, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Bruno Fajeda. Bruno's the guy, for people, again, that don't know, who stepped in last minute to face RoboCop Rodriguez, of all people, for his UFC debut and knocked him out in round one. Then moving down the card, you got Kevin Lee making his UFC return. Um, Alexander Romanov, who many thought was a UFC title contender at some point, has now lost two straight. Can he get back to winning ways? Um, and then you got Guram Kutataladze kicking off this whole thing. What a card. Cannot wait. John, let's get into the news. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. Uh, uh. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. As we mentioned last week, it seems Conor McGregor has missed his window to fight this year by not entering the testing pool before the given date. Obviously, he has bigger things going on with his legal situation that he's currently in. Michael Chandler made a statement saying, All right, guys, you guys have seen on the news, Conor's not in USADA 179 days until the December 16th card, which should be the last pay-per-view of the year. Comically, USADA shows up at my door today to add insult to injury. Where you at, boy? Yeah, man, this is what we kind of feared. We talked about it last week. Um... Looks like without some type of special exemption from USADA, there's going to be no Conor McGregor this year. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be shocked by the exemption. I mean, everybody's yeah. kind of said that all along. Like, if they're going to do it for somebody, it's probably going to be Conor. Now, USADA has been remained pretty bullish and, like, we're not giving him an exemption. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, as we kind of discussed with the, you know, legal stuff going right. on, uh, maybe they see it as, like, oh, that was a valid excuse to, mm -hmm. you know, not enter into the pool. It's just really weird, man. Um I don't know if you have anything else on that. I'm going to go somewhere else with it. Go ahead. Okay, so where I'm going to go with this is um, I, I don't know. I don't want to put too much blame on the UFC, but, man, they've really fumbled the bag here bad, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so if you guys remember, right, a couple – when all this stuff started, right, with the Ultimate Fighter, Connor's going to coach against Chandler, then they're going to fight. Dana was very clear. Unless I'm wrong, you guys can correct me if I remember that – Oh, he's literally filling out. All he's got to do is fill out the paperwork. He's in. The, he's filling out the paperwork, and we're good to go. He's going to get yeah. in the USADA testing pool. They throw him on this show. There's all this hype around the Ultimate Fighter because Connor's back. He's coaching against Chandler. They're going to fight. And aside from the legal stuff that's you know happened with Connor, is now he's not fighting this year. We know that mm -hmm. is a huge failure for the UFC. Yeah. And if you ask me, all the hype the Ultimate Fighter has gone. 
Yeah. Nobody is talking about the Ultimate Fighter anymore mm-hmm. because it's not a real fight anymore. That's not even helping Chandler. I mean, Connor doesn't show up to half the shit anyways. He's mm-hmm. he's like misses the weigh-ins mm-hmm. for this fighters. He doesn't coach them. He doesn't really. He doesn't corner them. Um, um, it just it really to me. Um, I, again, I don't I don't want to say it's negligence on the UFC's part. I don't want to cast that quick blame because it is Connor, right? We know Connor does what Connor wants, mm-hmm. but for them to not have every I dotted and crossed all their T's because in their mind, it's, you know, they probably have the dollar signs in their eyes and sitting here today, man, it, it's kind of killed everything in my opinion mm-hmm. and really hurt this season of the ultimate fighter. Yeah. Um, and you, like I said, it's uh, to me, it's, it's, they've, 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 it's a failure. I mean, you know, and I feel like we've heard Dana like mention in in some stuff with the media where he kind of brings up like, hey, it's kind of hard to get these guys to want to fight after they've made so much money. Which is funny because, like I said, I'm pretty sure about a month or two ago it was all he's got to do is fill out his yeah. paperwork. That's all we're you know he he's mm-hmm. literally filling it out this weekend or something like that. And you know here we are a month or whatever it's been later and no paperwork, regardless of the legal issues. Right. Because if you're Conor McGregor or the UFC or whatever, um, and you wait until literally Literally the day that it's due like I mean that's like being in school and you know waiting the night Last before minute, to do yeah. your homework or do your test or you know whatever like or your book report like yeah mm-hmm. of course you know that's just silly so it's I, interesting to me because it's like if you're Connor and obviously we'll never know what his thought process is but why do the ultimate fighter like because to me it seems like an even bigger waste of time like as you said like he doesn't corner he doesn't come to the way and so what do we do it for just to be on tv you get know, your name back get up his name out and yeah and I'm, but that's not nearly as big well as, and you had your documentary that was coming out on netflix yeah. and you know probably trying to boost some sales for a proper 12 or whatever it yeah. is like it's but neither of those are as big as him in a pay-per-view with inning it's michael chandler at the end of the year yeah, I, I don't like you said, man. I I don't know. I to me, there's no explanation for it. And um, you know, I feel like the one thing that I feel like doesn't get talked about though is we were kind of sold on this whole fight thing, mm-hmm. and even in the Ultimate Fighter, and it really helped. Even the build up to the Ultimate Fighter, that was a lot of the excitement, right? Was to see these guys, you know, face to face, and then fight eventually. And again, now that we're sitting here, you know, and we pretty much know it's not going to happen, it's like all that momentum that the ultimate fighter has to me is lost. I don't see anybody talking about it anymore. I'd be interested to see the ratings. Maybe, maybe I'm off and you mm-hmm. know, people are, they haven't affected it or changed, but nobody's talking about it, man. You yeah. know, and mm-hmm. it's a, it does suck for a guy like Chandler. I don't know what they do. Um, and, and here's the thing at the end of the day, it is Connor McGregor. This episode comes out Monday, Monday, we may get an announcement that Connor got his exemption and the paperwork's filed and he's good to go. Right. I mean, who freaking knows. Right. But, as what we know today is it's a, it's a big failure. The UFC kind of dropped the ball on that one to me. Well, and I wonder, too, like, say Connor gets out of this legal situation, you know, how many more times are they going to let him kind of do something like this to where it's like, I'm in and I'm out, I'm oh, in and I'm out. they'll let him do it unlimited. They'll let him do it. I mean... Well, because at some point you're going to start losing money by not coming through with some of these fights. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know, like, the conversations that obviously the UFC may be having with ESPN. Like, dude, really? <laughs> I would love to hear Dana White's, like, voicemails to Connor. Hey, yeah. man, uh, just seeing if you got that paperwork in. Uh, I noticed you're about 24 hours due, so. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, like I said, it's just, it really, the fact that they went forward and went all in on this without having for sures on everything mm-hmm. is, uh just it's just really uncharacteristic for the UFC, right? Because they 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 do seem to be a company that tries to stay one step ahead for the most part. So, right. um, but man, he got him on this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, to talk about being ahead, what's being mentioned as the biggest fight ever in the history of the world? Oh god, bigger yeah. than anything that's ever been done. The all-time super fight of the billionaires might be upon us. 
I uh, think it is upon us. I don't think there is <laughs> well, no we'll get to that. So uh, Elon Musk put out a tweet mentioning Zuckerberg's monopoly on social media, and somebody responded saying he should be careful with Mark's newfound jujitsu skills, to which Musk replied, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. To which Zuckerberg replied with the on his Instagram story with the ever-popular Habib quote, send me location. Yeah. Uh, Musk then responded saying Vegas Octagon, saying he has a move that he calls the walrus where he just lies on top of his opponents and does nothing. I'm pretty good at that, too. Uh, this marks this sparks uh, media to ask Dana White, who is quoted in saying he's taking it very serious. After having lengthy conversations with both billionaires, he said he's willing to build an entire card of some really fun fights and said, listen, if these guys are serious, I make fights that people want to see. And that's what I do for a living. If they really want to do it and they're serious, we can figure out a way to pull this off. I would absolutely positively do this. Then today, right before we start, yeah. post a picture wearing Zuckerberg versus uh, Musk. Musk shirt. No caption, no nothing. Just smiling, listening to, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Play That Funky Music White Boy something, or something like I that. I don't know, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, Brandon, <laughs> you start. because you, you uh, uh, So you just said something that I didn't know. So, But go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I love it. I think it's a fun fight. Nate and John, like you guys do not. You guys are mad I w- about I it. I wasn't crazy about it, but John just said something there that I I wasn't privy to before I had said that. The quote? The quote that he would be willing to build a card with fun fights. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, Dana's obviously getting like torn apart for this thing is just like with the John Jones and uh, Tyson Fury thing is the quote which will forever now he'll have to live with is him saying, um, I just don't, we just don't do fights like that here. Gimmicky fights. Gimmicky fights. Is that what he said? Yes, gimmicky fights. This is as gimmicky as gimmick gets. Um, And Dana's going to have to eat that quote forever. It's not, it's not going to go anywhere, right? Like, so everybody's always going to hold that over his head. Now, you saying that does make me kind of translate my mind or like kind of like think a little bit because even if it's done under the UFC umbrella, as long as it's not like a UFC, like, so, like, if they don't add it into, like, a UFC numbered car, like, UFC 295, Zuckerberg, you know, and then they put, like, a bunch of crazy On Mars. What if it's just a card of gimmicky fights? Would Fine. You, That's what I was about to you say. Would, would you watch it? Yeah. I would, mean, you I pay, would, would you pay $80 to watch even it? Even if it was UFC 295, I'd watch it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to not watch that. Here's the thing. But... You know, if they want to throw Logan Paul on there in an MMA fight or Jake Paul or, you know, just get, like, some stuff, I would watch it. I mean, here's the thing. Again, even if they wanted to do it as, like, a UFC fight night or whatever, it's going to be really interesting to see how they would do it. Um, But, man, it's just so hard, again, with the Francis stuff to not be like, really, man? Like, Well, this is also coming off of him saying when they ask him about after the stare down, if there could be a possibility of some cross promotion for PFL and UFC, yeah. never going to happen. Yeah, all he this, said it's not gonna happen. but you're absolutely positively would let yeah. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fight because yeah. everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to see Francis and John Jones too. And you could make it happen, but you're not because you don't do those fights, but right. you're willing to do this. Okay. That's where the anger comes from. I don't want to get too, I don't know how full into this we want to get, but like wh- with the whole Francis and Jones crossover thing at this point though, it's not just the UFC at that point. It's a whole nother company. Well, PFL would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right, but you have to share. It's not like that all the profits just going to go to right. the UFC. Well, they're talking about this money going to charities. Okay, yeah. but would you, that's a better look. Like, I feel like I could I could understand that better than than sharing with competition, essentially. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like if you're saying that you make the fights people want to see, that's your job. That's what you do. But but they've shared with and competition what, because they did it with Floyd and Connor. You know, that was a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. One UFC. time, Ryan, and, got how, and if you compare Musk versus Zuckerberg and Jones versus Ngannou, which one's going to get more money? 
Uh, probably Musk and Zuckerberg. Exactly. So that's that. What that's why you especially go because one. he said it'd be a hundred dollars for the pay per view. He would charge a hundred dollars for the pay. And how much was it for the Conor Floyd fight? Hundred dollars. There you go. Yeah, and he said it'd be bigger than that. He think he thinks it would break every pay per view record. It could be. And it depends what they did on the undercard. Like I said, if it was all fun, celebrity fights, that's different. Because I guess I was thinking, like, how do you just throw that in on a mixed martial arts card with mm-hmm. the best athletes in the world? Like, that would be kind of, like, hokey, a little tacky. What I mean, if that's how he does the Fury-Jones boxing match? I don't know. Like, dude, that'd be a great way to slip that in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it would be a great way to slip that in. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to poo-poo it all, like, right now because I didn't understand. I didn't know the whole concept of, like, a fun fight did. See it. Nate was mad before we get on here. Yeah, just because it just man, he's always that that I just and the recency of that audio of him saying we don't do gimmick fights here. Like, and here's the thing: I'm not against gimmick fights. Yeah, for, I love James Tony and Randy Couture. Yeah, like I am not against gimmicky fights at all. Let's get that's why I said I'll watch it. Um, but it's just like it, it like again to me, it just kind of frustrates me because I guess I'm still mad that we're never gonna get Jones and Ganu. But again, all that anger doesn't go towards Dana White in the UFC because, as I said last week, right here, and when we were talking about it, and Gone, who plays a part in that, Jones played a part in that, and the UFC, and all three did what they felt like they had to do for themselves. So I can't be entirely mad about that. But it is frustrating when it's just like, it's fun for this, but dude, like when it comes to real fights, why can't you just have that same attitude? Because right. like you, because like John said, I do agree with John is whether they want to cross promote or not, that fight could always happen. So. And you could put that fight on this card. How about that? Right. Um, <laughs> and all the money's going to charity anyway, so who cares? <laughs> right. Friday night, uh, PFL had a huge card. Nathan uh, talked about Sadabusai and his big knockout. Um, also on the card was former fighter, uh, UFC fighter Shane Burgos, who won his fought but fight but wasn't enough to get into the playoffs, but was still his best showing since his debut. Um, former champion, is it Natan Schultz? Natan Schultz. Yep. Natan Schultz. Um, he fought Harush Manfio. Harush Manfio. Harush Manfio as well. Uh, Schultz getting a very weird win in a barely shell of a fight, almost like a spar. Uh, the details to that that makes the lack of fighting interesting is, is it Manfio? Yeah, Harush Manfio, yeah. Manfio and Schultz are teammates. Uh, Schultz is the godfather of Manfio's daughter. They believe, live together. Yeah, I believe they, they either live together or were living they together. They did, and then um, Schultz used some of his winnings from winning it to yeah. help Manfio in his camps. Um, they're both quoted and calling each other their best friends. Yeah. Uh, based on their performance, um, the PFL has suspended both fighters from the playoffs, yeah. stating that the fighters didn't meet the standards that all fighters agreed to to uphold in competition, to use their best effort and skills and abilities as professional athletes to compete and defeat any opponent, which brings us back to Shane Burgos, who, although he didn't originally have the points to make it into the playoffs, is now going to be the four seed in place of Schultz and will be facing Clay Collard in the uh, lightweight semifinals. Yeah, so this was like, originally when I saw this this morning, I sent it to you guys, and I was like, I know bullshit when I smell it. And this was, you know, to me, it was just like, this is 100% just to get Shane. Because here's the thing about Shane Burgos. They've spent a lot of money to bring Shane Burgos in. Uh, if you watch the PFL product, they're, one of their biggest sponsors is that Celsius sport drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed that commercial, almost every commercial at PFL the other night. Who's in the commercial? Shane Burgos. <laughs> right. So they've put a lot of money into Shane Burgos to build him up to be a star. Um, and it was very lackluster. You know, he just didn't perform well in this tournament. Um, and I think it's because of the PFL, this format is tough, man. Yeah. It's not an easy format. Um, and I think Shane even admitted as much, saying that he completely under um, uh, emphasized the structure and the points, and he just yeah. he didn't put enough emphasis on it. Um, 
But then I did, because I did not watch the uh, Knott and Scholl in Houseman Fio, um, and I didn't know the full backstory of them being, like, best friends. And then I went and watched the fight, and it was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, they did not throw, they weren't throwing anything. They were, like, basically just touching pe- each other, flicking legs out, a lot of just body locking, rolling around, not even trying to finish submission. Like me and you. Yeah, it would just be like, if you go, yeah, like if you go out there with your best friend, it's like, do I want to take a million dollars from this guy? Um now, you know, a lot of the commentators were like, oh, for a million dollars, I would be going, I'd forget it. I'd knock my best friend out. I'd knock my mom out, whatever. Um, so then I was like, okay, I, I messaged you guys. I'm like, well, I guess I did watch the fight. Context is another, ever, is, a, you guys put the context into play a little bit as it was a bad fight. The suspensions, whatever. Um, I just think, man, it's a really dicey game to play, though, when you're suspending guys and removing them from the turn. Because to me, at the end of the day, you're just doing what you want anyways. Mm-hmm. You're just putting a guy that I know they wanted Shane Burgos. And I'm going to challenge a step further is I think with my tinfoil hat on, uh, if you watched the Shane Burgos fight. Now, this was a guy. Okay, if you know Shane Burgos, everybody knows Shane Burgos from the UFC the guy's a killer, right? Mm-hmm. Savage. And he was going into a fight where he needed a first round finish to get into the playoffs. He goes out in round one and takes Yamaoto down or Nishikawa, Yamaoto Nishikawa. He takes Nishikawa down right from the beginning. And everybody's like, what, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Comes out in round two, takes Nishikawa down round three, takes Nishikawa and just holds him all three rounds. Mm-hmm. Does you know what I mean? The walrus. Does the walrus to him, right? <laughs> now, he was going for ground and pound, right. trying to posture a little bit here and there. I think before Shane Burgos walked out, he was told, hey, man, this is going to happen. Because that fight happened in the Schultz-Manfield, the happened pre- on the underpart. I think he was told, we're suspending them. All you need get is a win. win. Yeah. Just get a win. Because I even text you guys as a joke during the fight, and I was like, Shane Burgos is fighting like he knows he just needs a win to get back right. to the UFC. Because I'm thinking, like, you remember Dana was like, we should have never let him walk. And I mm-hmm. could see like them being like, hey, just get a win and we'll bring you back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Cause he was fighting to win. Yeah. And that's not. And then, so what I'm saying when you're getting dicey and like we sign these contracts and they, they promise to put their best skills forward and this and that, that's not Shane Burgos either. What we saw. Right. So then you kind of manipulated his fight a bit. I feel mm-hmm. because that's a, a guy like Shane Burgos. You tell him, dude, you're going to, you need to get him out of here in the first round. That guy's coming out literally like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to take this kid's head off or try to, right. He just didn't have it. Right. So, it's a bit dicey, man. When you get into like sports and stuff and, and just in other sports and major mm-hmm. leagues, like the NBA is not going to take the title away from the Nuggets because they feel like they didn't try in game four. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just crazy to me. Well, and it, you, it is getting, it's setting up something real sketchy because, you know, there's a lot of fighters that we've watched that had really lackluster, like really bad performances. Yeah. Like, Francis Ngagu, Derek Lewis, like if that sure. if that happened in the PFL, they both could have been yeah, like suspended yeah, suspend and now you don't have your champion or, you know. Or think about like in the NCAA tournament, right, when like a one seed's going against a 16 seed and they're up by like 40 points at halftime, right, and they come out and they just put their bench in and they're not really, you know, mm-hmm. we, it's a tournament, right, we got to reserve a little bit. And it's like, yeah, you don't be like, hey, uh, Alabama, you didn't try in that game, so you're out of the tournament. Like, what? And not to <laughs> mention, one of the guys that you suspended is like your former Former champions, yeah. It's, so it, as you're building it up your product, and you're already lo- you're down fighters from all the suspensions yeah. for the drug, they're the pop drug test. So yeah. like, it, it definitely puts a little bit of a, a sketchy situation together for them. Yeah, really interesting. Like I said, I just I can't help but feel I, I don't know if there's no Shane Burgos, do they do that? You right. know, I don't know. 
Well, lastly, I got about... I can't in good faith say that, yes, they would have still suspended him. <laughs> right. Because I'm sure we could go through some PFL fights and find some other poo-poo stand. It's a tournament format. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's tough, man. These guys are going to have to fight again in two months. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and even like um, for the, the co-main event uh, for Cy, he just had to not get beat in the first two yeah. rounds. He could have got beat in the third round and still made to the yeah. playoffs. So, it makes it a very uh, different type of scenario. Now, I am not going to complain at all about Clay Collard versus Shane Burgos. No. So, <laughs> on the other side of it, a uh, bit of addition by subtraction there. So, right. uh, that, that, that matchup is going to be crazy. So, lastly, I have about 100 fight announcements. So, I'll just blaze through them. Uh, Henry Cejudo and Marlon Vera being added to 292. That card is just... We might have like 10 fights to pick for for that. That's yeah, just... That Austin crazy. is going to go crazy. What, uh, a, what a fight, too. Also on that card is now going to be Rob Font and Song Yadong. Like... Another yeah. one. It's probably not even going to make the main card. I know. Um, uh, Kai Car France and Manel Cop is going to be add to two ninety three in Sydney. Uh, Alexa Garasso will be defending her flyweight title for the first time against former champ Valentina. September sixteenth. As of right now, it says it's a fight night. It is. I don't love that man because no. she doesn't get pay per view points. And and we talked about like the whole it's Mexican Independence Day. You know, obviously they didn't want to scramble something together for Mexico. But how are you doing a title fight and on my thing a fight is they, night? They would never put Valentina on a fight night no. if she was champion. Like yeah, like let her get her points, man. I, I don't it's, know. I hope she, I hope she's compensated right. For right. That. Uh, Rose Namajunas will be fighting, well, going up a weight class to fight Manon Ferrot. Is that how you say it? Manon Fior. Manon Fior at UFC Paris, September 2nd. That card's starting to get big. Or Manon Fior. Manon John, Fior. you're so bad with names, you make me question how to say it. <laughs> well, there's just so many in <laughs> this at this how, point. At this point, how do you not just listen to them before you do the news? I do, type it. I do try at sometimes. Least for the news. Like, what, what's that called where you like type out like your Phonetically? Own? Yeah, why don't you type yeah. out some phonetics? Sometimes I do that, but sometimes it's hard. Manon Fior. Manon Fior. Uh, Anthony Smith will be fighting Ryan Spann at UFC Singapore in August. Tyler Santos will be fighting Aaron Blanchfield also on the Singapore card. Another great Crazy. fight. Crazy. Uh, Tatiana Suarez now has a new opponent for her UFC Nashville fight. She will be fighting Jessica Andrade. Um, Anthony Hernandez will be fighting Chris Curtis at a UFC event in September. I think that's the 16th one as well. So yeah. big jump up for Fluffy there. Yeah. Um, Junior Dos Santos will be fighting Fabrice Overdoom in Bare Knuckle Boxing in September. Our boy Haisam will be facing Philippe Pena at WNO August 10th. Yeah. And lastly, I got uh, Canelo Alvarez did a three-fight deal with Premier Boxing Champions, and he'll be fighting Jamar Chalo in September. UFC Fight Pass Invitational this week as well. Thursday. Thursday um, what time is that? Do we know? I believe it starts at 7. Um, mm. Yeah, John can look real quick. But it's the uh, big $30,000 uh, bracket. Heisem's in that. Nikki Rod. Uh, Dan Montessoy. Craig Jones is fighting Philippe Pena. RBY. On the, RBY is on this card facing Alex Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just some fun, fun grappling matchups. That's this is it Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Thursday, yeah. Fight pass. Got to have fight pass. I will. I do not have fight pass, but uh, when they do these fight pass invitationals, I do always just buy a month. I think it's like ten bucks, and oh, I mean, really, I think it's something like that. But it's like I'm just like, hey, it's ten bucks for a pay per view essentially. And if you're a grappling uh, fan, it's you can't beat it. Yeah, they don't have no times on any of these flyers. I want to say it's at seven or eight. Um, but yeah, and then they usually work the tournament in. So they'll do like some super fights, and then they'll they'll do like the first round of the tournament super fights, second round of the tournament super. So, uh, but yeah, Craig Jones. And if you're are a grappling fan, don't know how many more times we're gonna get to see Craig Jones, man. He's one of those guys. It's like he just mm-hmm. he always flirts with that. Like I'm kind of good on. He competing. loves coaching. It seems like. Man. Yeah, yeah, and, and he is starting to make a hard. Um, uh, 
U-turn or not U-turn, what would I, what would it be? He seems to be really getting into coaching these MMA fighters. Yeah. So maybe a career path change there for him as well. But yeah, so enjoy some Craig Jones while you got it. Mm. So is that it? Yep, that's all we got. All righty. I think Brandon, let me make sure you yeah. got song of the week. What all right, we're going to go with Long Time by Boston. Long Time. Do you guys know that song? I'm trying to think. I know on, it was on a game, Rock Band. Then I probably, oh, I've definitely heard it then. Yeah, mostly for the intro. Will you sing it real quick? No. Long time. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Which one for the people? Even close. Uh, a couple things. One is, uh, well, I guess it's really just one. Well, happy birthday. It'll be this Thursday. It'll be my wife's birthday. So happy birthday to her. Also, Nate, two weeks from now. Okay. Is July 8th. It's okay. a Saturday. Are you busy? It's a Saturday? Yeah. I'm going to guess chances are. Oh, Wait, there's a UFC that night. There's a pay per view. Yeah, that night. But like, what are you doing like earlier that day? Oh, dude, it's like I, this is a pickleball challenge. It is. That's what's about to happen. So oh, I'm, I'm the, the court. I'll have the paddles. I'll have <laughs> no, the ball. You just have it. to show up. I will make. That's time all I for want that. you to do. I will promise. I feel like I have something to do, but I will mm. try. We'll see. He'll <laughs> reschedule. But that's it right now. So I'm trying to lay that out. So two weeks. That's, that's why I try to make it two weeks that's from now. Done. Done. Okay. Done. All right. Make sure Chase is there too. I want the two on one. I'll do my best. I've been watching Breakpoint on Netflix too, so I'm freaking <laughs> ready, dude. I'm so ready. Uh, Tess. Do what? Your test. Oh, yeah. I passed my uh, final license. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so that was pretty pretty nerve-wracking, but yeah. The last academic test I'll ever have to take in theory, so that's cool. Yeah. You mentioned it last week, so I figured yeah. we had to pay it off. I did pass. There we go. Nice. Good, good thing you didn't waste that money. That would have been... No. Good. Now yeah. you get to make bigger money, right? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Up, up that hourly, baby. Yeah. He's <laughs> the budget for the podcast. It's going <laughs> yeah. up, baby. <laughs> um, Going on similar to him, uh, my dad's birthday is Wednesday. So, big spin. There Happy birthday go. to him. And my la- other thing, I just have a quick question for you guys. Okay. So, would you rather... So, would you rather be given $5 million right now or be given $1 per step you take for a full year? Whoa, say that one more time. Either $5 million right now or $1 for every step you take for a full year, 365 days. Who are the steps? I don't know. It's too much for me to think about right now. Say it one more time. Okay, so $5 million right now or $1 for every step you take for a full calendar year. $5 million right now. I could do so much more with it. Instant gratification. Yeah. I'm with it. I, I want that. See, I can plan. I can math. I can <laughs> what, do what math you, in my head. What would you it's need after five twenty thousand steps a month? Uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. What would uh, you need? I don't know, but if I could double my money, I don't. I definitely don't have to ask that question, dude. Your kid would be so mad. We're walking to the store. What? <laughs> Daddy's got money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. was. I just thought that was an interesting question. I'm taking the five million as well. I'm not walking. You want a random trivia question? Yes. Yeah. Does a golf ball have more or less than four hundred dimples in it? Ooh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm gonna go less. I'm gonna go the under. I'll say over. It's less. There's 366. Yes. I love that you know that. Sorry, I had to look at this calendar. I got really scared because I thought we were gonna be doing our live show this coming Friday, but it's the next Friday. So I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just got. <laughs> that's what I had to ask you three times because I'm like starting to sweat. <laughs> but like I am not ready for a live show at all. Oh my gosh, that was like uh. so nervy, man. Alrighty, we'll come back next Monday. Mm-hmm. We will recap UFC Fight Night, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. And then we're getting so close, boys. UFC 290 that next week, July 8th, which means we will have a live show that Friday, yeah. July 7th. 
We will talk to you guys next Monday. Peace. Peace.